0: We are activating your unique self-discovery one show at a time. The Orchard of Wisdom Self-Discovery Podcast at your fingertips. Just waiting to inspire and invite you in discovering just how awesome you really are. And how to navigate through life in joy, enrichment, personal abundance, in mind, body, spirit, heart, and soul. All the people we bring you are here to serve you on your journey of life. Do enjoy our next show. Good morning, good afternoon and good evening everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Mental Health Awareness right here on selfdiscoverymedia.com. I'm your host Sarah Troy and my guest today is Dr. Ronald Alexander. Oh, mental health. He's a psychotherapist, a mindfulness trainer, a creative business and leadership coach. He has two books that we're going to be talking about today, Wise Mind, Open Mind, and the Core Creativity, the mindful way to unlock your creative self. Creativeness is something that maybe seems to be on the back burner at the present moment, and I don't know why. We will find out. The big idea, he said, is when artists describe their creative process, they inevitably talk about beginning in an open mindset where the download of the core creativity can happen. Musicians such as the band's Robbie Robertson describes that creativity comes from the womb of emptiness to James Taylor's opposition of waiting to hear it and having to be in a place where you can receive the song. Reveal the creativity isn't a rational or calculated activity. It's about allowing oneself to be receptive. So um, there is, so what? Mindfulness, meditation, it takes us out of overthinking and into the mind state of receptivity. The stillness and the focus involved in meditation alters our brainwaves and therefore our mind state. Distraction full time leads us to an open mind. Both core creativity and intuitive wisdom are the knowledge that can be accessed in that open mind state not because we have an open mind or trying to be open-minded, but because we're in a state of pure receptivity after giving ourselves over to the emptiness. You are so speaking my language. Allow, allow, allow. And when we allow, things do come to us. If we just come from the mind, we're constantly in a state of chatter and dialogue, and we just really don't have any space for things to come to us because it almost becomes a form of dictation. Welcome to the show, Ronald.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you. Happy to be here.
0: Allowing, um, emptying out, being open, uh, ready to receive. Do you find that it's actually hard for people to do today because there is so much chatter or static or expectation of how things should be done as opposed to allowing things to happen?
1: Um, Excellent question. Um, In the greater wide, superpositional field that they talk about um, energetically is we're all we're both receiving and we're transmitting
2: mm-hmm.
1: and what we're we're receiving on a day by day basis with the, all the horrible tragedies mm-hmm. mass shootings uh it's just overwhelming it's, yes. it really it breaks the heart when yeah I listened to this um, 22-year-old daughter who was standing next to her mother in the parade in um, Illinois, and she saw her mother shot. And so we're just, we're receiving so much of that Mm. daily, Mm -hmm. coupled with the pandemic. Yes. There's been an increase in anxiety, depression, feelings of helplessness and hopelessness. Mm Um, in the American economy, uh, we're about to go into recession. And so there's a lot going on, clearly, that is uh, very negative in the energetic field. However, what I write about and what I teach is that if we can slow down,
2: mm-hmm.
1: quiet our mind, mm-hmm. pay attention to our breath, and I actually uh, I have a meditation called um, emptying the mind meditation we then can um, move into the first stage of core creativity which is called absorbing mind Mm -hmm. absorbing mind is a state of consciousness where we move into receiving yeah we're cultivating the feminine receptivity
0: Mhm. Like everything you're saying, and most certainly at the present moment. You know, I'm a, a little empathic, and and I, I'm just finding the heaviness of everything that's going on. I'm in Canada, and I'm watching what's going on in America, and I just don't understand why, why. Um, but I feel very much that what's going on in the world that this is a huge repression. Like if you push your hands together without moving, you can feel the force building up, and I feel that so many people are under this repressive force right now and they don't know what to do with it and different reactions are coming out above it because I think we're all just totally saturated if it's not one thing it's another and people haven't been taught the skills of emptying mind opening heart allowing you know the soul or the wisdom to come through us um, if you haven't been taught that or if you're not ignited in that it can be that feeling of that you're drowning And it's very, very hard when you're in the sense of drowning, of of kind of how do I come up and get air? You know, never mind embrace a solution. I just can't breathe right now. And I think we're very much in a global, you know, a global arena of people feeling like they are drowning.
1: Yes. um, It's a wonderful metaphor, too, that you've just used, is that most of the people that I work with, both in psychotherapy or well, creativity and leadership coaching, they all have been having dreams mm-hmm. about drowning, falling in lakes, being swept down by a mountain stream. And I think what's happening is in a global, interconnected, superpositional field, as Thich Nhat Hanh, the former um, Vietnam Zen uh, teacher, spoke about the interconnectedness and interbeing, and we're just being flooded,
2: mm-hmm.
1: unlike any time in my life,
2: yeah.
1: with so much anxiety and feelings of um, helplessness and hopelessness. And so, what we need most is to learn to acquire the capacity to empty the mind, mm-hmm. free up the body, and allow the spiritual body and the spiritual mind to open up. And as you were very nicely saying, the field is very contracted.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and That's also what causes depression and then leads to panic, as our energy fields get very contracted. And when we turn it inwardly, and then when we turn our energy of fear, of anxiety, hopelessness, helplessness, internally, we kick off um, the propensity to pick up on uh, chronic diseases, autoimmune uh, disorders, because the mind, body, and spirit body are all intimately connected. We're all, we are all one.
0: We are, <laughs> yes. <So. laughs>
1: Uh, people like yourself like me and millions and millions of people around uh, the globe we're feeling unlike any time in history this immense and intense um upheaval and so it's very important and in both of my books uh but more recently the core creativity book i suggest that people do an empty your mind meditation so that uh, this is very easy to do, is you sit quietly for five to 12 minutes a day. You, all you have to do is either with your eyes open, and if your eyes are open, I always suggest either look outside at nature, like mm-hmm. the blue sky or the trees. Um, or if you're inside of an apartment, is to find either a holy picture or a picture of your family or someone that you love or an image of a, a pet or an animal. And if your pet or animal is actually in the room, you can even focus on them. And the reason why I say that there's two pathways to meditation, one is eyes open, is a lot of people who have had trauma. When you suggest that they close their eyes, it's very painful and very triggering. So it's much more effective if you suggest to those people to have their eyes open.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: for those of us who are not dealing with any sort of trauma right now in um, emptying your mind meditation the suggestion is to close your eyes you can pay attention to either at the mind's eye the space between the eyebrows the third eye um, in, in a more esoteric tradition or the tip of your nose and all you have to do is pay attention to whatever you're receiving. Mm -hmm. or whatever you're noticing is you want to breathe in and mentally repeat the word comfort. And then on the out-breath, you mentally repeat the word releasing, falling away, letting go. And so this is a very good tool for taking all of that contracted energy as you were talking about and learning to take it off of the desktop of the mind and put it into the back. Indoor, drag it off the desktop, and experience that it's moving into the earth. It's going down through the soles of your feet, soles of your hands, and going out of you.
0: Um, I do actually have a query about the the going in and grounding because um, I'm a very cosmic being, so everything for me is 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 more universal, um, you know. And kind of the messages I've been getting from Mother Earth is you know, stop giving me your (laughs) doo-doo. It's literally cracking her up. And it's, um, you know, finding ways to, you know, take it from your desktop, so to speak, put it in the trash bin and delete it. If it doesn't serve you, you don't need it there. And I think just let it, you know, evaporate and go away. Um, There's many different forms of techniques that people can do, but the whole point of it is, is staying out of the chatter and focusing in on something else. Um, And when it's something peaceful and beautiful and loving in front of you, then it is something that subliminally is opening up your heart and opening up your soul. And we know that the the soul knowledge and wisdom cannot speak for a closed heart. When you're being bombarded by bad news and everything all the time, the heart is inclined to kind of close up almost in protection. Mm
2: -hmm. But
0: when we have a closed heart, we are defenseless. We need an open heart to receive that creative wisdom, to ignite our spirit and for our minds to know what it needs to know when it needs to know it. So that connectiveness between all of ourselves is so imperative to our own equilibrium and also to the solution that we need to bring to the world.
1: Yes, and we can become through mindfulness meditation, uh, transcendental meditation, Christian contemplative meditation, any of the spiritual disciplines that invoke prayer, is we can become a vehicle Mm -hmm. and a vessel so that soul, and when we connect to soul, we oftentimes connect through the collective unconscious. Yes. And Carl Jung, the famous Swiss psychiatrist, said that when you thread the needle of creativity, you first thread through the personal self, then uh, the pre-conscious, then the unconscious, and then you thread through the collective unconscious, and then finally you thread through the soul or the racial or the, col- the greater
2: mm-hmm. collective
1: conscious. And when we are learning to deal with the um, detritus, in the mind, it's very important to have a filtering mechanism Mm -hmm. in mindfulness meditation. I have found, I started practicing it as a young uh, student of Buddhism at age 20 when I was uh, studying in Amherst, Massachusetts at the university. And one of my early teachers said, the mind chatter is like a monkey mind. Mm It just runs wild. And if you've ever been to India or Sri Lanka or Thailand and you've watched the monkeys, they cannot be controlled. Yeah. And so our conscious mind, most of the time is in monkey mind. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: When we move into a meditation, like the emptying your mind meditation, in the first minutes, what we do is we pay attention to what's the distress and what's just the distractive monkey mind. Mm -hmm. And we then, in some way, we want to uh, mine, like the miners used to use a a screen in the stream to get to the gold.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. When you struggle to sort through all of that chatter, is the next stage in... The core creativity process is the stage of open mind, mm-hmm. where you you open your mind, and there can be a lot of very important what I call core level uh, gold. Mm-hmm. The mind for the core gold, and oftentimes whether you're a, a person that's involved in the creative arts, or you just simply want to become more creative, it's important to um, sift through yes what's distractive and then harness and pay attention to what the gold is that's bubbling up like the next big idea Mm -hmm. coming out of a meditation where you're feeling totally distracted
0: yeah you know when we, we when we revere you know our artists and our musicians and uh Uh, Our wise ones and the statements that they make that are so profound and so creative, you know, we think as ordinary people, well, you know, that's them that could never be us, but creativity lies in each and every one of us just ready to be opened ready to be downloaded and to be processed and if we stay just in the mind chatter, we get into doubt, uh, lack of self-value, um, the judgment and uh, even persecution from other people. And that stops any form of creativity from coming about. So if we can empty out that mind and just basically be that beautiful blank canvas, all of a sudden that creativity comes through, and the picture that you create is one of extreme wonderment because again you have allowed it to come through you've allowed it its own voice and everybody can find that creativity if they are willing to still the mind go in and allow it to come through us
1: and allowing is one of the wonderful um, side effects that you learn and experience and you develop um as a skill uh, Through any form of meditation or spiritual practice, and especially mindfulness meditation, is you learn to enter what we call the domain of not knowing, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: not needing to know, and not doing. Mm -hmm. The not needing to
0: know. I think we've become a science society. I need to know, I need to know. I've got to go on Twitter. I've got to go on this, I've got to go on that. I need to know, I need to know. Why? Is it relevant to where you are right now to what you're doing? Is it important for you in this particular space and time that you need to know that? Or are we just filling ourselves with a whole load of junk and a whole load of data that we haven't got the wisdom to know how to use?
1: Yes, very, very well said. And I was being interviewed on uh, an FM radio station out of Denver this morning, and I was asked uh, the question of, well, what do you suggest to people who spend large amounts of time on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, but they're primarily... uh, preoccupied or obsessed with reading about all the negativity yeah all the pain and suffering yes and in theosophy i learned as a young man around the age of 21 that there's an old ancient saying and it's set your mind on what you want Mm -hmm. and it will manifest yes and so if you spend most of your time focused in digital media, um, scrolling through and reading and going deeper and deeper and deeper into the rabbit hole of what I call the bad news. You're going to be bringing and creating Mm -hmm. in the mind, in the mind's eye, darkness, pessimism, depression. Mm -hmm. So what I suggest that people do is that they time limit Right. No more than three to five minutes in a single day of exploring the bad news. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But to take time, and for example, I myself, when I scroll through uh, Twitter in the morning, one of the um, Twitter feeds I have is about puppies and doggies (laughs) and animals. You can't help
0: but smile when you see them.
1: (laughs) Right. And I might watch, like there was a little puppy Uh last week and it, it said in the caption was, uh, watch the puppy being trained to become a support animal. And it was a little small brown puppy and it had this huge um, support <laughs> vest. And the puppy kept falling over. <laughs> <laughs> and just right now, you can feel... It lifts up con- your soul. It lifts up your spirit. Yes. And the two of us are already... We, yep. you and I, in this moment, just shifted yeah. a small piece... Of that superpositional field of yes. interconnectedness, and we just generated together mm-hmm. positivity that's going to go out there. In in the uh, book, the Hundredth Monkey. Are You familiar with that? Uh,
0: Hundredth- yes, I've heard of it.
1: It's it's a oh, it's an old book. And it's a very small little book, but basically, um, and I don't know if it's a fable or if it's actually a true story, mm. but the book. Reads about that once upon a time, uh, there were monkeys in the South Pacific. And for um, long, long periods of time, whenever their sweet potatoes would get into the, the dirt or the sand, they'd eat them. And one day, one monkey noticed that a monkey was washing his, his or her sweet potato in a little pond. And then um six months later, uh, monkeys in Sri Lanka began to start spontaneously washing their sweet potatoes in ponds. And so there's this phenomenon called a butterfly in India can create the positive wind that you feel that brings relief in Hawaii to you. Mm-hmm. And so it's a metaphor, I think. Yeah. For- how we really do influence each other.
0: We do. And we've got to be careful of that influence. You know, I always say, you know, be careful what you seed, for it will grow. And if you're seeding positivity and possibilities, then make sure you water it and nurture it, it well. We also have to realize we're all an algorithm. So what we put out there is what's going to come back to us. And if we don't want to feel depressed and negative and miserable, then we've got to stop feeding that and start feeding the possibilities we've got to a stage where people just don't believe in solutions and possibilities anymore and we need to really energize that soil and those seeds of growth into a a way that we do believe that because we are all capable of shifting to that other side of joy uh, of just simple living of just you know the exuberance of life We're all capable of doing that, but we have to change our perspective. Have you ever read the the book, Who Moved My Cheese, by Spencer Johnson, MD?
1: No, I haven't, but tell me about it.
0: Uh, It's, it's, again, a metaphorical book. There's uh, two mice and two people around abundance of cheese, and one day the cheese is gone. And it's the four key reactions. You know, Uh uh, Sniffy and Scurry, the two mice, they sniff around and scurry around for more cheese. The cheese is gone. Let's go look elsewhere. Hem and Ha, well, you know, Ha is like, I don't know what to do. The cheese is gone. Where do I go? And eventually I'm hungry. I'm going to follow Sniffy and Scurry and see if they found cheese. And Hem is give me back my cheese. Who do I sue? Who do I kill? I I want my cheese back now and refuses to go seeking, right? I'm also a true colors coach with the four key personalities, which is very much to do with that as well. Our perspective and how we choose to look at life is also how life treats us and if we're going to demand somebody give us something back that is no longer there we're going to be empty and angry and it's going to lead to hate and everything else but if we're willing to go okay the wind has changed right we have to go elsewhere and look at it as an adventure look at it as something exciting you know an exploration then Mm -hmm. we will actually get the joy out of it as well as the results out of it but we need to change our perspective.
1: Yes. In, um in, in the new book called Creativity, I talk about um, mindsets.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And most of us uh, who don't feel creative and or are in a state of dis-ease mm-hmm. or non we're usually operating. And I know this is true for myself. I haven't had a cold since COVID. And part of that is because of the mask wearing Mm -hmm. and the second part of it is I haven't been around a lot of people. Right. But um, how you care after yourself Mm -hmm. goes a long way of how you be a compassionate care provider for those that you meet each and every day. Yeah. In one of the um, axioms that I utilize is that whether I'm at the bank and I'm dealing uh, with a bank teller who I can see she's very nervous and and she's making a mistake and then she blurts out oh oh, I'm just so sorry Dr. Alexander this is like my very first day I, I only had five days of training my heart begins to open yes and I begin to experience that person as a buddha
2: Mm -hmm.
1: in the same way that if somebody at the dry cleaner cuts in front of me, I say that that's a Buddha who needs to get somewhere. Perhaps he or she needs to get home to a sick child. Perhaps he or she needs to get back to work so they don't get fired. And so it's really important to continuously keep retooling Mm -hmm. how we operate And that's that second piece of when I said earlier, we're receivers, but we're also transmitters into the world. And so when somebody wrongs you or um, does something that you deem um, isn't right or isn't appropriate, it's coming from a fixed mindset that you hold that they shouldn't do that or you shouldn't cut in front of me and do that to me when you can let go of that, we become much more uh, what I call a fluid mindset. And you um, move out of the rigidity and the rigid mindsets oftentimes lock into place, harsh judging. Yes. Must be a terrible person that they Mm. did. that. When you're in a fluid mindset, it's, I wonder if that woman cut in front of me because she has a sick child at home.
0: Right. More oh, compassionate,
1: right? More, more compassionate.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the more and more that we can um, fluctuate and pendulate back and forth mm-hmm. between the rigid mindsets and the negative views that we hold about the way things are to abandoning those. In dropping into fluid mind yeah. states, we start becoming not only creative, but we become creative of how we live our lives. Yes.
0: Yes. To be creative doesn't mean you have to be the author, the writer, the, you know, the, the developer of something. The creativity is how you choose to see life. Do you see in all the beautiful colors in the rainbow? Do you see all the flowers that are growing? Do you see all the different shades of green in the trees? You know, are you paying attention to the sound of the ocean crashing against the shore? Are you part of the fluidity that is constantly going through your body and around you? And are you part of that rhythm in life? And when you step into that rhythm and you're constantly in flow, you pick things up along the way that just help guide you even further and expand your entire horizon, not just your mindset, your entire possibility set of everything that can happen. But we do a disservice to ourselves with our limited thinking, by being judgmental, by demanding. You know, in a lot of ways, we've kind of been geared to become narcissists rather than, you know, compassionate beings of us, You know, it's now us versus them instead of we, you know, we as a collective, we, and when we talk about being the one, it doesn't mean abstain being yourself. I, I analogy it to an orchestra. Each one of us discovers what our beautiful instrument is. We learn how to play it. Then we look for the orchestra where we can be in harmony together to create the music that uplifts, but our responsibility is how do we play that instrument? I think we're so busy pointing fingers elsewhere, we've forgotten how to take ownership and responsibility for our own choices and our own decisions, you know, our own possibilities in life.
1: That's very, very beautifully said, especially using the orchestra um, as a metaphor. Because when I listen to Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, it's not just the violins or the drums. Each person Mm -hmm. is the orchestra, yes, and without that acknowledgement that we are all one Mm -hmm. and we're all connected, there is no orchestra, there's no um symphony. (laughs) And and what we want to do is we want to become very creative, yes, about creating our own symphonies Mm -hmm. in whatever we're doing. Mm -hmm. For example, in, I interviewed uh, 10 uh, core creatives, um, most of them very renowned for the book. And one is a painter, fine artist from upstate New York. He used to be in Manhattan for most of his life named Ronnie Landfield. And I was talking earlier about when you go into emptying the mind meditation, there's, not knowing, not needing to know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not doing, and not needing to do. Mm-hmm. And in one of my interviews with him, I said, so before you begin, and he paints these gigantic uh, canvases, because it's just absolutely beautific. I would call him a spiritual artist, but mm-hmm. he, he, he doesn't need hats. Right. Right. Yeah. And he He's says. He's a
0: channeler.
1: He's a channeler. <laughs> and he says. I go out onto my front porch of my um, farmhouse in upstate New York and I'll sit there and sometimes for five minutes and sometimes for five hours with a cup of coffee and I'll just gaze out at the sky. Be present. That's right. Be present and await. Yes. Await the painting. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Await the Mm -hmm. musical lyrics await the composition, await trying to resolve, for example, if you're working on a team and the team is stuck, you, it take time to await for the answer to emerge from either from on high down low or from inside from the outside.
0: Or even from the collective energy that is there, yeah. right? Everybody has the piece of the puzzle.
1: And James Taylor, that's funny. You're very intuitive. James Taylor describes um, how does he get his lyrics? And he said, it's musical composition Mm -hmm. is like waiting for pieces of the puzzle to all fit into place. Yes. Once they do, then you go, ah, Mm -hmm. I've got it. Yeah. That's the song.
0: Yeah.
1: Leonard Cohen, who I spoke with uh years ago. I once asked him, um and many people have asked him the same thing. Um actually there was a, a interview or a funny story between Bob Dylan, uh, I think it was um someone interviewing Bob Dylan about Leonard Cohen in the interview. And um he, Bob Dylan uh Leonard says uh to, to Bob Dylan, um, how long does it take you to write a song? And, and Dylan waits. And he says to Leonard, well, how long did it take you to write Hallelujah? And Leonard Cohen says, about seven years.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Seven years. where he's He's waiting for the download. He's crafting. He's working at it. Piece by that. piece.
0: Piece
1: yes. by piece, waiting for the puzzle as you just described to fall in place. And then he turns to Bob Dylan and he said, How long did it take you to write like a rolling stone? And Bob Dylan says, 15 minutes. <laughs> Everybody has a their very... That's right, their own process, their own learning rhythm, their own creating rhythm.
0: Right. And just because one took seven years doesn't mean the next will. Right. is that sometimes we're given, I, I'm giving visuals. And so, you know, I'm giving visuals. And for me, I have to create the, you know, the artwork, so to speak, to create the picture of what's being given to me. And, you know, four and a half, nearly five years ago, I was given a picture and part of it is coming into place. But the one thing I had to learn, which is something that comes with age, patience, grasshopper. Just because you've been given this doesn't mean it all has to happen now. What it means is that you start nurturing, plant those seeds, and some of those seeds are going to take a few years to grow, and some of them are going to grow quicker. Keep nurturing those seeds. If the image and the vision is very, very clear, then all you do is keep the vision in your mind and then allow whatever it is that's going to manifest it into being Mm -hmm. to come. Right? It's like And then that, then as it is meant to come, it will come.
1: Yes. In some spiritual disciplines, there's a belief that everything already is. Yes. And it's simply a waiting yeah. to come or to arrive, you know, like as a mother gives birth to a child mm-hmm. there's that stage of pregnancy. And then there's the birth process. And, um, It's important to embrace that while we're waiting in that state of consciousness or stage of creativity, of uh, receptivity, and I call it absorbing mind, the the waiting, even if nothing is coming, nothing's arriving, you're already in the opening of what is going to be arriving there has to be somebody at the welcome door
0: mm-hmm.
1: of open mind right. welcoming in what's trying to come down yeah. or is ready to come down or is going to come down no matter what and it reminds me of a, uh, an old zen proverb um, when you said that you have to have a vision and that is just absolutely so spot on and there's two farmers and they're in india and they live next to each other. And one farmer has uh, three or four uh, horses, and they create a lot of manure every day. And the farmer next door, he's a Zen farmer, and he um, focuses each day on the vision of his garden and of how rich and abundant and um, how many various types of plants and trees he's going to plant and in the grass and everything being abundantly um, growing. And the farmer who has the horses shovels his manure over the fence <laughs> of farmer number two, the Zen farmer who's waiting. And Zen farmer number two, instead of getting all upset about it, he waits a month and he notices that from all of the manure that's being discarded and thrown away like rubbish, that his plants are starting to grow and they're growing thick and and they're growing very large tomatoes and the corn is sprouting up and the rhubarb is Mm -hmm. greener. And so farmer number two never says a word to farmer number one about, get your manure back on the (laughs) inside of the fence. he embraces the notion uh, because he has a vision as you said of the kind of richness he wants in his garden
0: you need the rich soil to do it
1: that's right (laughs) and so and he has the zen precept of you need to embrace the the teaching is already right in front of Mm -hmm. you whatever it is whether it's something that feels painful to you
2: Mm -hmm.
1: or unwholesome that's a teaching the teaching might be something, an experience that's neutral, like very vanilla. You don't really feel good or bad about it. Or mm-hmm. well, the teaching can be something that's very, very welcoming and ecstatic producing. Or you're downloading the big idea creatively. And we call that a wholesome uh, mind state. And that these three mind states are essential for helping you to learn to navigate through the pain and the suffering. And what's neutral, so that you can um, create and manifest a more wholesome self and then other experience into the world. And that's creativity again.
0: Yeah. You've also sometimes got to wait for the synchronicity just because you're ready. The person you need, like the manure over the fence that's going to help manifest your vision, you know, it may not always be there on your timetable. Mm-hmm. But as you said, hold the door open because always be ready because you never know who's going to come through that door that is actually going to be the ingredient that you need that's going to fortify that vision. And I think you know, the other thing is um, we we limit ourselves so much, again, through the expectation of life. But again, when we step into the allowing and the entombment of self, and allow ourselves to have a vision and not, again, dictate it. You know, just because you've got a vision. Well, now I'm going to do this with it and that with it and that with it. No, did, did it come from the soul and the heart and the gut? Was that the voice that told you about the vision? Or is it just an idea in your head and it's not connected to anything else? As I said, for me, this is a database. This is programming and a database filled with information half the time, in more or less than half the time that we ever use. But when you truly actually understand the wisdom and you really do allow that source of energy to come through you, as I said before, it extracts from the mind what you need to know in this moment to do what it is you need to do. And that's mm-hmm. getting out of our own way, getting out of our own mind and allowing there is an intellect in our soul, heart and spirit that is there to guide us. And if we step into that wisdom, we'll always be guided right. But if we only come from thought, only thought, without igniting the rest of us, we're going to be in society's dictation, and then we're always going to be in doubt.
1: Yes, beautifully said. Thought is abundant. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Wisdom is creative. Mm -hmm. Wisdom is generative. Yes. And when I'm in ego,
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I think... I'm a healer, I'm a psychotherapist, or when I used to be at the university, I'm a professor. Or if I nowadays, I'm an author and I'm a creativity consultant, I'm stuck.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Labeled. Labeled. (laughs) Yes. And when I can get out of ego, Mm and transcend personal self, that's when I expand and wisdom becomes generative. Mm-hmm. And that generativity can become a gift that every person that comes into your life, you're in essence saying when you're in wisdom in wise mind, mm-hmm. in, which leads to open mind, which we can talk about later. But when you're in wise mind, it's as if you're giving out to everybody in your life a porridge of wisdom and creative generativity. Here, would you like a, um, a gift right now? Would you like another gift and another gift? But we have to um, get our ego mind out of the way. Mm-hmm. And I have an interesting story. I was once in India and I was trying to find this female saint uh, called Siddhi Ma. And she was uh, one of Neem Kauroli Baba's um, long time. A devotees. And I was traveling all around India and asking different people at various ashrams who were all affiliated with her where she was. And uh, I would be told that she's in uh, Allahabad. So I go to Allahabad and I visit the Kumala Mela, which is a festival of millions and millions of sadhus and um, uh, seekers in the, in the Hindu uh, tradition. And then I leave um, Allahabad and they say, oh, I think she's near the Taj Mahal in um, Agra and so then one day I was in um, Varanasi which is the very sacred ancient city it's the most suspicious place to be cremated in all of India because in front of uh, Varanasi because it's right on the Ganges River in Allahabad, it's where the Yamuna and the Ganges rivers come together. And it's called the Singham. And the Singham is a very sacred. And in America, we would say like uh, Sedona, Arizona has vortexes. In Woodstock, upstate New York has, has a, a vortex. And um, so I was walking around Varanasi and I'm sometimes shy when I'm traveling. So I said to myself, Well, look, I'm sitting in this cafe having chai by myself. I, th- I think should, I should walk around Varanasi and um, go out and see if I can meet some people. So I turn this corner, and there's this gentleman, tall, thin guy, and he has the Dartmouth uh, shirt on, teacher. And so I walk up and I introduce myself, and um, I tell him I'm a meditation teacher from America. He tells me that he's a yoga teacher uh, from Sydney, Australia. And I say, Dartmouth, I said, um, I, one of my early meditation teachers, Jack Cornfield, Dr. Jack Cornfield, he went to Dartmouth. And one thing unfolds to another. And then we're having uh, chai and muffins in, in this cafe. And then out of nowhere, he, there's a story he tells me about, have I met this um, Siddhi Ma, the female saint? And I say, I've been looking for her for weeks. Yes. (laughs) And he he knows where she is. So the synchronicity. Yes. The embracing of the synchronicity. However, the key element in our creativity process is if I had sat in my shyness Mm -hmm. in that cafe and not prodded myself to kind of get out and do a greet and meet uh, around that village, a part of... um, the city which is actually the village within the city we wouldn't have connected so synchronicity is awaiting us in a very yes. magical way
0: yeah, i've always been one whenever i've traveled i love sitting outside in a cafe and just observing life and, and just putting my energy out there and invariably always i have somebody come and talk with me and i love it because it's you have no idea what the conversation is or if it's just a conversation whether it's an enlightenment or limited, who knows it's it's an interaction it's a communication and and it's a you know it's not what is their agenda what do they want from me it's just a beautiful meeting of energies and yes. just sharing that wonderful connection um and it's it's a beautiful thing to do and it may just be a moment or it may be something that goes elsewhere who knows that i think if we can forget agendas And just be present in the moment with that open door. I'm open and ready to receive what I need to know when I need to know it. We're always guided to someone who either you're the door opener for or they're the door opener for you. And that there's no mistakes.
1: Yes, there are no mistakes. And in the book, Co-Creativity, I actually, uh, one of my mentors, Dr. Robert Resnick, uh from Santa Monica, um used to say, take mistake and put a hyphen between the two.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Miss takes. And so in acting, when an actor, male or female, is shooting a scene, oftentimes the director will say, let's take another take
2: mm-hmm.
1: and another take. And so even when someone um takes the script into a direction, that's not the way it should be. Robin Williams, the late Robin Williams, he was a master at that. Sometimes mm-hmm. directors would just say, Robin, in this part of the script, just let Robin Let him go, go.
0: <laughs> let him go, let him be Robin. <laughs> right? Yeah.
1: And <clears throat> they trusted that something very yeah. uh, creative and magical would come out of that. And you're someone that I can feel. You have a lot of uh, light in your magnetic field around you and you have a a generosity of being in this conversation and so you're one of those what i call the light transmitters where you're transmitting light and you're transmitting heart fullness and compassion and all of that's going to come back to you tenfold
0: again i think it is be who you are it took me a very very long time to allow myself to be who I was, I am, because I was too busy trying to be what others wanted me to be. A waste of many years. Because of who I am today, I'm simply Sarah. And Sarah just is. And Sarah just does. And I am more true to who I am today and more comfortable with who I am today in my present state than I have been in anybody else's expectation of me. And I think that's one of the mistakes that we make is we're trying to live up to somebody else's expectation and we sell ourselves short. And it's been a long journey for me to get here. um, But I'm where I'm meant to be doing what I'm meant to be doing and being who I'm meant to be. And believe me, I wouldn't want to change it for anything.
2: Nothing,
0: absolutely not. I may not be financially rich, but I'm incredibly enriched and abundant in what I get to do and whom I get to bring to the awareness of other people and i'm very very blessed for it and i think sometimes we have to look at what is enrichment what is abundance you know what is the true currency in life and for me it's love it's compassion it's caring it's holding people accountable yes but bringing out and igniting in other people that soul heart spirit that is just waiting to be jump jumpstarted mm-hmm. and, and allowing them to discover that beautiful soul connection, that open heart, that spirit uh, action into to the mind, knowing what they need to know and allowing themselves to become who they are meant to become. And I think that is one of the most beautiful things one can participate in or view, you know, be a part of.
1: Yes. And when we get the I out of the way, Oftentimes, when we're a seeker, Mm -hmm. whether we're seeking a guru, or we're seeking uh, knowledge, or we're seeking something, uh, a new project, um, or new opportunity, all of the spiritual systems say, don't search for the teacher. No. When the student is ready, the teacher will find you.
0: Yes. Yes. Absolutely
1: predetermined or prearranged um, isness the yes. interconnectedness of the isness in that superpositional field of infinite possibilities the, the, the non-dual consciousness is a superpositional field of infinite possibilities mm. and opportunities within all of those possibilities yes.
0: this just the energies and the frequencies have to be on somewhat of the same wavelength. Right? If you know, yes. if people are operating on this wavelength, somebody else is still down here, the connection is not there. Yes. we have to rise up. We have to grow up to this higher vibration so we can meet that teacher and, and rise up to that higher level of, of where humanity is meant to be. We are divine creatures having a human experience. But we've seemed to have stepped into being a humanoid and forgotten about our divine spirit. When we immerse those two together in a higher vibration and frequency, we've truly stepped into actually understanding what life love is all about and what we're here to do. And that is to be of service to one another, to lift Mm -hmm. each other up, to elevate each other up to a higher vibration and a higher level, which we desperately need to do as a humanity for the sake of this planet and also for the connection with the universe.
1: Yes. And um, in Zen, I learned very early on that every time you sit on the cushion, not only do you sit for your own enlightenment and your own awakening, but the Zen teacher also said, in addition to sitting for the self's awakening, is that remind yourself that each time that you sit even if it's 5 minutes a day mm-hmm. up to 40 you sit for the benefit of all beings yes yes because again you're the transmitter and you're going to be transmitting out into the universe and transmitting all around the planet all of the wisdom and all of the compassion and all of the empathy and understanding that we we cultivate and it, it's uh, in the new book, Core Creativity, I have a um, practicing no self meditation. In 1989, I was at a uh, meditation retreat in Lyon, France, at a chateau with uh, the late great spiritual uh, teacher, uh, Ramdas. And he has been a mentor uh, both clinically in clinical psychology because he had an academic background in psychology, um, but also he's been a spiritual clinical mentor because he oftentimes um, has brought a spiritual perspective mm-hmm. to how I can help someone. For example, a mother and father who lost three children in a terrible fire one night. And what he said to me, um, I arrived and uh, I had the, it's called Dokosan, uh, individual um, interview with him on day uh, two. And he said, Ron, I have an exercise for you for the next eight days, because it was a 10-day retreat. And I said, uh, okay, Ram what? And he said, I want you, when people ask you who you are and what you do, is I want you to tell them that you're a woodworker. And I want you to go into nobody training. And I want you to let go of all the roles mm-hmm. and all the self-importance and all the, the talk you would usually do where you would be mm-hmm. telling them you're an author and you teach meditation, yeah. and you teach at UCLA. He says, you're not going to share any of that when there's any kind of uh, engagement. You're just going to be a guy that works with wood. And it was profoundly liberating. Yes. So it was just unbelievably lightening. Um, and at the end of that those ten days, my just spirit was just so full because I had emptied out of all those uh, roles and all those identifications with the little me.
0: But you've also but- given people to see you on a different plane because if mm-hmm. you come in with the title, you know, then the expectation is you're this, that, etc. But when you just come in, you know, as you know, for me, as this, I'm just Sarah. What does Sarah do? Well, you know, I bring wonderful people to you. I'm just Mm -hmm. Sarah. But Mm -hmm. who is Sarah? I'm just, you know, soul awakened. I'm just Sarah. It's up to you how you feel me or see me. But if I come in with a bunch of titles, then you're going to see titles and expectations that you want from me. Or even judgments that you want from me. Rather than seeing me. Mm -hmm. And the essence of who I am. Yeah. And this is, you know, we have this problem of the titles or the, you know, the self importance of what a person should be, as opposed to just being the essence of who we are.
1: Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. And there's another old Zen saying cease striving. Mm. And then naturally there will be self transformation,
0: thriving. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that is a lesson I think we learn again with age. But, you know, what I'm seeing now is is so beautiful is that I'm seeing more 30 and and late 20 year olds already stepping into this awareness. You know, they haven't got to be in the 50s, 60s, 70s to, you know, finally, I, I'm it's all right to be me and, you know, mm-hmm. I'm now connected. Um, I think for a lot of us that may have been 60s or 70s people, we already were at the start of that where we Mm -hmm. were already immersing into that. And then of course, 1890s and early 200s, it comes in with the the opulence. You need more to be more. And now we're realizing all of that more doesn't make me happy. It's just a burden. And I'm still feeling an empty shell. How do I fill me, not fill stuff around me? And a lot of the younger people are beginning to go, I don't want to have the life my parents had because they're not happy. Mm-hmm. Right. And where is the happiness? It's an inside-out job. Yes. Connect to self and why yes. you're here and what your service is, What is your instrument? Which orchestra do you belong to that you can create mm-hmm. that music that is so invitational to other people? And like yes. it, many, many people are hungry for that identification, not mm-hmm. labeling, but con- yeah. inner connection.
1: Mhm. Yes, not in any order, but I say that there's five um, of the most essential ingredients that make for a fulfilling or happy life. And one is love. Second is health. Third is creativity. Fourth is freedom. And fifth is generativity.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And if you can embrace and meditate on one of those principles each and every day, meditate on one on Monday, and then meditate on another on Tuesday, that you will be generating those inside of yourself. And then you'll be giving those as a gift out into the world.
0: Right. I would say probably my five five codes would be most certainly, you know, love. Do Mm -hmm. things with love. Live life with love. Be the love you seek. Gratitude. Be grateful for what you have and where you are and the opportunity that you do have. Uh, you know, possibilities, there's always possibilities, there's always something you can do, which I would align with creativity, kindness, be kind to yourself, be kind to everyone else, a little kindness goes a hell of a long way. And mm-hmm. again, you know, stepping into, you know, your, your channeling or your soul, or, or whatever you want to do your connection, your divine yeah. connection of allowing. And, you know, it's, find those codes of conduct that really do mean something to you. And as you said, every, every day, you know, when you wake up with gratitude, I woke up today. Mm
1: -hmm. I have
0: a full day of possibilities in front of me.
1: Yes. And I'm going
0: to be kind to myself and to the others around me, you know, and I'm going to seek out which souls can be ignited or that have ignited today and share. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's, and that's where the love comes from. If you don't love who you are or what you do, then you're doing it wrong.
1: (laughs) Yes. Waking up with gratitude that you can wake up into life as opposed to that you don't wake up and you're in the other life. Yes. And and wake up and then that waking up begins to wake others up in, in life.
0: You want peace in the world? Be the peace. You want love in the world? Be the love. All right? You want kindness in the world? Be the kindness. You want mm-hmm. solutions in the world, seek the solutions and share them out. Invite mm-hmm. other minds, hearts, and souls to come to the table, each bringing their own beautiful piece cr- to create that uh, full picture puzzle, right? To realize without you, the orchestra can't play. It requires all the musicians, yes. but you are responsible for your instrument. Play it well. Yes. Own it, be it. I, I love interviewing musicians. And mm-hmm. I have a couple of them that they don't play the music, they are the music. Mm-hmm. The, the instrument is an extension of who they are, and they are the music, and there is no playing something. They just are it. And they're so in their soul beingness. It's yes. beautiful, and the resonance of that music. But like you were saying before, the, you know, the reson- this interview that we're doing now uh, when it goes out next week, it will, it will be heard by those that choose to hear it, but we've already put the invitation out energetically, yes. and, it, and it will then be heard by people who pick up that signature and want to listen more.
1: Yes. Okay, wonderful. Um, Mahatma Gandhi said, yeah. be, um, be the change that mm-hmm. you desire and become and grow into Uh, the solution to the problems that you desire.
0: Exactly. So the name of the books and where you get them and also your site and how people can get hold of you and what you can do to to help them.
1: Okay. Um, My web links are ronaldalexander.com and corecreativity.com. The new book is called Core Creativity, The Mindful Way to Unlock Your Creative Self. And the other book is called "Wise Mind, Open Mind: Finding Purpose in Meaning in Times of Crisis, Loss, and Change," and you can get them both on a- Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble.
0: Right, and of course, you you are on Facebook, Ronald Alexander, yeah. and uh, you're also on LinkedIn, and you're on Twitter. And on Instagram, so it's either Ronald Alexander, PhD, or it's Dr. Ronald Alexander, but they can find you in all of those ways as well.
1: Yes. well, This has been a real delight, Sarah. You're just absolutely uh, mesmerizing.
0: <laughs> right back at you, darling, right back at you. Um, it's a question that we have to choose to listen in order to hear, to apply, that is becomes part of our toolkit in, in walking forward in our own lives and so the invitation is please do listen to the wisdom learn to apply it in your own life and you will see how it will open up your own mind your own heart your own soul and you will become the solution to your own life right
1: namaste <laughs>
0: until next time folks remember the answers are always there you've just got to be willing to open up that door and receive them until next time bye for now We hope that you enjoyed the show. Find all of our shows on selfdiscoverymedia.com under podcasts or selfdiscoverymedia/shows, And for all our current shows, go to What's New. We are supported by you, the audience. You'll see a nice big shiny blue button for one-time donations or follow us on Patreon, and you will be able to support us there. We enjoy bringing you such wisdom. And the next show will be up in just a moment.